0: What tabletop RPGer doesn't love dice? I do, and I'm sure you do too. So if you are looking to begin a dice collection, or let's be honest, add to yours, check out Dice Envy. Go through the link in our show notes, and you will be able to find many, many sets of beautiful dice of all different kinds and sizes. When you use the link in our show notes to go to the Dice Envy site, Not only will you be able to shop their entire collection and catalog of various dice sets, but you will also help support this show because a small portion comes our way which we will then immediately roll back into making this show better for you. So check them out diceenvy.com or better still go to them through the link in our show notes.
1: Hey stackers, do you feel like your games are bland and lacking in atmosphere? Well, fear not, because if you go to BattleBards.com, you can access a whole host of sound effects and background music that can really spice up your games. BattleBards.com offers a Prime subscription, and if you use our stack code STACK, you can get a 20% discount on this subscription. If you are a Prime member, you have access to a soundboard and editing tools, and the ability to stream sounds. This can be useful for adding like a dragon's roar to a final boss encounter, or maybe some ambient tavern music for when your players are at the local inn taking a rest. Check it out at BattleBards.com Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery
0: in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice.
1: You find yourselves on a roughly pebbled beach. Gray water rushes into shore to the north. Low, dark clouds hang in the air, and rain lashes down. Somewhere to the south and east of where you stand, maybe a half mile distant, a small village is clustered.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Anything. Just let's get undercover let's go warmer bash
1: okay there are a couple key buildings that jump out at your site there's one that has a sign hanging out front that has a golden sheep there's a little girl standing on the staircase that leads up to the front door and she's looking at you very fixedly okay also just east of the well there is a large two-story building it's got two turrets one on either side of the front door and they reach up, and it's from here that the bell was ringing. You asked for a room, yeah? Yeah, a
2: room and, and maybe some food. I think we can provide that. I, I have two a uh, two of uh, companions. They're they're not here yet, uh, so I would need a room big enough for three.
1: I see. You make your way out of the stable, and one of the sheep says, "Goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. What? It sounds all, all Farron and Tira hears is a sheep bleeding. The sky is lit with a brief flash of pure white light to the southeast far, far distant. High in the sky, a single burning light streaks upward, rising higher and higher until with a gentle wink, the distant clouds devour it. Strangely, its light burns even from behind the thick clouds. Then, all at once, an incredible wave of dizziness slams into each of the three of you, and the world suddenly feels as though it's tilted at a crazy angle.
3: Didn't Johan say that's where they're holding the person captive?
1: Yeah, yeah, I... uh,
3: Wonder if something's happening with that person.
2: I'd like to know who it is, especially because he said that they arrived similarly to the way we came, which... We didn't come in any real...
3: Yeah, I wonder who that could be.
1: The villagers are not very happy.
2: What? We, didn't, what? we didn't do anything to them.
1: You did not, no. I, I see that you care for each other and that is a good sign. But I will say that we had a visitor very recently who appeared in much the same way that you have. There were some very odd things about him. Strange things began happening. I was very much against it, but they have imprisoned him in the town hall. There's a clattering sound outside in the square and a troop of mounted soldiers comes riding in. They are riding on war horses with heavy iron shoes on them. The soldiers themselves are clad in full plate. They have heavy visors and long spears with pennants on them. And she leads you along, and she points down.
2: Okay, so Womberbash drops down and tries to get his head up in there then, and what, what do I see?
1: You're shocked to hear a low moan. You shift a little to see in the dim light that a figure lies curled up on the cold floor. The figure stiffens slightly. The low moaning stops. It rolls over slowly and a man's drawn face pillows onto grimy hands slid under his graying head. His eyes are closed for a long time, but you recognize him. Deor. (gasps) Hello, stackers. Welcome back. Before we get started, we have a couple things we want to make note of. First of all, don't forget that coming up very soon, the New Jersey Web Festival will be sometime this summer we have entered. We should know whether or not we've been accepted by the last day of June, so stay tuned for details. And if we find out any way that you can support us during the contest, we'll be sure to share that through our Twitter and Instagram at stackodice Dice. And for now, just keep listening and sharing the word about us to help build awareness of Stack of Dice. At the end of last episode, for those who are paying particularly good attention, you might have noticed that there were some irregularities perhaps with the experience points that is because confusion reigns here at the Stack of Dice table yeah, in a number of ways. And uh, we had done a recording, didn't like it, and so we re recorded episode 103. Uh, and I think it was a much better take. And uh, part of that was me giving experience points for ascending the pillar, which uh, I gave them 10 experience points that time through. And then we lost track of what had been added. And so most of it's my fault for not uh, being clear. And so the point. Values that Meredith and Michael shared were accurate for the previous episode. Catherine was a little bit off, so actually, Kat, you have...
3: 98, 98
1: points. 98 points. So this is going to be a one-point episode. <laughs> and we are going to go ahead and proceed from that point. So if you can give me that recap one more time before we get started.
0: All right. Tira is 16 points into level 11.
2: Womber Bash is 32 points into level 11.
0: And Farron is 98 points
3: into level 10. Okay,
1: that's very helpful. As always, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice, or you can email us at stack.odice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you in any of those ways. Also, if you've not yet rated and reviewed us, we'd love to hear from you that way too. With that, hello, stackers. Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I'm Rhett the DM, and with me is...
0: Meredith as Tira Ironstag.
1: Michael as Bash Benson Mum,
0: And Catherine as Farron.
1: Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me. All right, let's get going. Womberbash, you are lying prone on the cobbled street, the alleyway here, looking through the bars down to the still form of Deor. Tira and Farron, you are kneeling beside him. And little Gisela, your child guide is here also, but she's starting to look like she's ready to retreat.
2: Wamberbash looks at Deor and then looks at Tira. We got to get him out of here.
0: Wait, who is it?
2: It's it's that guy that we saw where we picked up Farron. The old the old man at the fire. Deor? Yeah, yeah, that that guy. He's down there. Look, look.
0: What? How did he what is he doing here? And she's going to shimmy up, shove him besides, so she can look in the yeah. bars. Hello. Hello. Deor, is that you?
1: The figure lies still on the floor.
0: Can you hear me? No movement. Oh, he's in bad shape. How do we get in here? And she's going to start rattling the bars. They don't rattle. Well,
1: They're I'm very shaking. firmly fixed. <laughs> the bars are spaced about six inches apart.
0: Tira's going to reach her arms through up to her shoulder, and obviously, it's way too far, but she's just kind of like, uh, desperately to f- try and find yeah. something, like, like, as if she could touch him or something.
1: Yeah. no, nothing. You strain, there's a little creaking in your shoulder that you can hear, but that's, that's it.
0: Oh, How do we get in here? He needs help.
1: Womber Bash spends two
2: psi points to become miniature. Okay. Ooh, I
1: don't know if this is going to work. Hold on one moment. You shrink down, the world grows large around you, raindrops suddenly become objects of terror. How how tall are you?
2: I am I am um I can move through gaps up to six inches. So I'm probably gnome size, about fifteen centimeters. Okay.
1: Well, the raindrops seem much larger. Okay.
2: And when I say gnome, not this world gnome, I'm talking about real gnomes.
1: Yeah, with the little and red caps, I, yeah. like real David.
0: Gnomes. <laughs> the actual real life gnomes.
1: And then a faint ethereal music fills the air around you it starts to echo gently in this alleyway
2: okay so uh, i'm gonna then i'm gonna like run up to and i'm gonna be in between the two in between two bars preferably the middle bars or what might be the middle consider Mm -hmm. the middle bars and um how far of a drop is it from here to the floor it's
1: about uh i'm gonna say seven feet down
2: all right um does my voice diminish when I'm that small? Yeah. Okay. That's the way you've played it in the yeah, past. Yeah, that, yeah, oh, that's true, that's yeah. true. All right, I'm gonna yell then. I'm gonna yell, uh, deor, deor. I.
0: I mean, deor, I, deor. I,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> door, door. No, but I mean, obviously I have to yell because to be heard, but I wanna see if he reacts. Nothing. Okay, I will stop my, my turn there.
1: Okay, so you're perched on the ledge, or did you yeah, actually Yeah, I'm, I'm in
2: between basically two pillars just looking down.
1: Okay, it's odd as always, to see Wamberbach shrink down like this. Farron, what are you going to do?
3: I'm going to look around to ensure no one's spotting us. Um, I'm also concerned about Gisela. I don't want her to get caught up into our situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see we're, we're starting to take action here, and I want to let her know that she could, she could go. So okay, going uh, to you, you should go now.
1: She says something in her language that you don't understand, but after a a hesitant look over her shoulder, she does run back down the alleyway in the direction that you came from. You hear crowd noises from the direction of the main plaza. The townspeople had gathered out front to see the arrival of this group of armored soldiers, and they have not yet dispersed. They seem to be awaiting something.
0: I have a quick question. Yeah. You said that when he shrunk down, ethereal music was he the only one that could hear it, or could we all hear it? You
1: can all hear it. Oh, it's tinkling times. You know, some like somebody rubbing their finger over a, a, the rim of a crystal glass—that kind of thing. It's it's very beautiful, but not very welcome at the moment because if somebody hears it, they could possibly come and investigate.
3: And and we've heard no response from Dayor, or did nothing. We, he hasn't said anything.
1: He rolled over and groaned. In the, at the end of the previous episode, and that was it. So he's alive. You can see him breathing, mm-hmm. but he's not responsive.
3: And you didn't say anything, but you tried to reach in, and then you tried to... I,
0: I called uh, to him um, with, you know, by his name, but there's nothing, and I just reached in just for something to do.
1: From through the bars, and you hear this better than anyone, Womber you hear the grating of metal on stone from somewhere deep in this dungeon area. As if something is being um, sharpened? No, as if a foot has grated on the stone. Okay.
0: Bash, can you jump down or is it too far?
1: How
2: far is it again?
1: Seven feet down. Seven, Seven feet. feet,
0: which in your state would like break both your legs. We can
3: lower you down on the rope.
2: How far away is he from the wall where the window is?
1: The cell itself is about four feet by eight feet. It's Ooh. not huge. Okay. And he is toward the front, so the, the gate or the, the door, door side. side. Excellent. So he is away from- the window. Okay, I'm gonna try something
2: weird. Um, I only have uh, 12 psi points left. I am going to spend seven psi points, uh-huh. and I am going to grow to giant
1: form. In the in, in, the, in the opening,
2: I'm gonna lean my head down like Atlas. So where, when I start to grow, the back of my neck or the nape is going to be what sort of starts to hit. So I can also lean forward to maybe shield him if I bring anything down. On top of me when this, <laughs> this happens. Okay.
3: Like, Would you do that?
2: It's the fastest way to get him out of there. I mean, if we, 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 we we can't worried
3: go about causing a commotion. We can't go
2: yet? in the building to get him because we'd have to pass by those five dudes. We're, they're unaware we're here. If I can bust this open, I, I also gain traits by also being yeah. that big. So yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, he could essentially once once he's gotten Dayor out, just grab us all up and start running. Okay.
1: Your body begins to shift.
2: I suppose I'm going to take damage for this, obviously.
0: Why do you say things like that out loud?
2: I know that's what he's going to do, but it
1: makes sense. Roll 2d6, please. Yes! Three. In addition to the music, now you have a bright yellow glow about you. Oh, no.
2: That's going to be looking worse to the Mount town's
1: Townspeople. But as you begin to fill the space, your legs begin to grow first, and then your back and your arms begin to bubble out. Your head begins to swell, and there's a cracking sound. Part of it is your spine. But other parts of it are this single point at the building where you're rising up. I'm going to do a roll here. The building does not hold up to the strain on this part. You press against the keystone. Throughout the alleyway, the sound of cracking stone reverberates sharply. Farron, you notice immediately the sounds of the crowd out in the main plaza begin to subside, and then the first bits of masonry begin to crumble into the dungeon. Roll me 2d6 for damage that you're going to take.
0: Of course! Oh oh my
1: word. You take 12 points of damage as the strain of this building weighs down on you.
2: Now remember, I've leaned forward to try to put my hands down on either side. So if anything were to fall on day, or hopefully it would fall on me instead. Perfect.
1: You swell, you fill this the uh, the window space immediately. But as you grow, the uh, the stone begins to lift and separate stone from stone, and then the stones that you're kneeling on begin to crumble and fall down into. Uh, so there's there's a good thing. It's a good thing that um, he's not next. He's to the not window, right next why. to the window. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to roll one more time to make sure the building continues. Now there are multiple metal footsteps on the staircase and then startled cries. The okay. guards that entered the building are aware of your presence. I'll say. Another fail for the building. The building now crumbles to either side of you. For those standing out in the plaza, they see this edge of the building basically lift and the stone foundation rocks and cracks and parts of it fall inward, parts fall outward as the building lifts. The turrets that flank the front door on either side are wobbling and the spire of one of them even falls off. There's a dull clang as the bell that was ringing when you first approached the village tumbles down and rings off the stones of the, uh, the plaza out front? Can I
2: have I hit the floor yet? At least, am I, am I like can, you know like this at this point? Yes. I want to I want to take my right hand and sort of like gently pull him closer into me. Okay, uh, that way I can take more of a brunt. Just just so there's no danger of, of him getting
1: hurt. Gotcha. You scoop Deor. And pull him towards you, and as he moves against his will, he murmurs and sits up, and his eyes go wide as he looks up and looks into your gigantic eyes. Stones are falling. Okay.
2: How much of an opening is behind me now at this point?
1: The alleyway is about six feet wide. It's not terribly wide, but it's wide enough for you to start shimmying back. Okay. Um, Can I shimmy back and
2: take him with me? And then what I want to do is... Put my hand up like this, and use this one, and kind of like maybe pick him up and like pull him back, so maybe these two Mm -hmm. can pull
1: him out. The original opening was only two feet wide by one foot tall. Mm -hmm. You forced it out left to right and simultaneously up. Uh, You're going to need to do a strength check with a DC of twenty in order to make the space to pass him backwards. Meanwhile, I can imagine that you're roaring with the with the strain Mm -hmm. that you're putting yourself under.
2: I'm grunting and all that other jazz. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: I'm trying to see. I don't, I don't have any bonuses or anything. You don't anything. get
0: advantage on strength checks when you're a giant? Uh,
2: Just read it real quick, if you would. You infuse yourself with psionic to grow tremendous size, bolstering your strength and durability. As a bonus action, you gain 30 temporary hit points. In addition, um, you have melee attacks, additional 2, d6, bludgeoning, and you reach your, your reach increases by 10 feet, you, if you're small, you're huge until the end of the duration. So yeah, I have no. That I, seems I, weird. I don't understand, understand why it says you infuse, but bolstering your strength and durability. And then, but and doesn't then, like, tell you give what you it details is. I think about I numbers. think
1: that is the that's taken into account in the damage. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, you gotta do your
2: strength check. Oh yeah. Dude.
1: Now if one of you helps pull him, lift stone yeah. or whatever, help in some way, he can roll with advantage.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping you guys are seeing me like kind of like go like yeah. this with him to sort of okay. say, hey, I'm handing you him.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Tira, seeing all the stone crumbling around, is going to rush forward to start clearing away. I guess she sees an arm coming back. I don't necessarily know that I see Deor in it, but an arm coming back. So maybe I assume he's trying to back out that way. I'm going to clear stone from that side.
1: Okay. Okay. So with the help, you get to roll with advantage. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, my gosh. This one's cold. <laughs> <sighs>
2: 13 plus, I don't have it. Luck point? (laughs) No, I'll just take the damage or whatever happens after that. Yeah,
1: roll another 2d6 for the damage. Nine.
3: So why is he continually getting damaged? Because
1: stones are falling. He is in underneath the building, and he's basically causing a cave-in on top Mm -hmm. of him. And by shifting to try and create space to pass a Mm -hmm. body through, uh, that's even worsening it. I I need to get him to you. Can you help me?
0: I'm trying to move the stones. Farron, help me. I I move in to help.
1: Okay. A couple things happen at at the same time. Number one, at the head of the alley where the main plaza is, people are now rushing in to see what in the world is going on. So townspeople are rushing in. At the same time, Womberbash, you see the glint of ambient light on metal armor as the heavily armored- Directly in front of me, essentially? You're in a cell, looking through the bars, Mm -hmm. to the right outside of that cell is where they come sliding into view.
2: I'm going to do energy beam right directly in that direction. Okay. Uh, Succeed on a dexterity saving throw.
1: Uh, You're aiming for one of them. Yes. I rolled a 19.
2: Okay. It's no half damage or anything. It just doesn't work.
1: Okay. You wink out of sight.
0: Huh? I'm sorry, what?
2: I have a question. I, I, so I've noticed, are, are, you actually, are you actually rolling to um, uh, counter my uh, side point usage?
1: Nope. Okay.
0: What do you mean he winks out of sight? He turns invisible or I don't understand.
1: Womberbash, well, you feel the energy leave you as you cast energy beam. These ritter, these heavily armored and obviously well-trained knights scatter as they see it come streaking toward them. And it splashes against the floor. Doing no damage to anyone, okay. bits of stone go spraying, but nothing happens to any of the any of your intended targets. As soon as you do that, you feel a coolness working its way up from your toes, and it just whew, about that quickly from your toes up to your head. He just fades from sight. You're still there. Okay. You are now invisible.
2: Okay. So how did, what do they see Deora like hovering essentially?
1: Yep. Okay. And there's still a, a bright yellow glow infusing this chamber.
3: In the shape of Womber Bash? It's just, like, uh,
1: just a bright yellow glow. I was going to do exactly what you just did.
3: You were going to turn invisible? Yeah,
2: but I didn't know if if it would include day or not if I did it. Now, I know that probably if I had clothes and stuff on, I would be invisible. But does that include things I would hold? I would think it would if it was a sword. So my logic was, if I'm holding Deor, he would also be invisible if I used my blind spot psionic talent. Now, I know you did probably did something differently, but-
1: Yeah, I did something different. Um, Deor is not affected by this. Okay.
2: Bash! Where did he go? I'm right, I'm right here. Uh, Bash? And I look and I see that my arm, I can't see my arm. Right. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I don't say what the, but- Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, Deor is still cradled in your other arm- And as you lift him, you can see, uh, Farron and Tira, you can see through Womberbash and see that he is still rising up to the entrance. The guards outside the cell are now stock still and they are staring and they lock eyes with both of you, Farron and Tira. They say something in their language and immediately turn and run back into the dungeon. You can hear the clattering sounds of their footsteps departing.
0: Oh, so they're running away.
1: C- going outside. Sure, I think to they're coming
0: are. out of the building to get us to get us. Him being invisible doesn't stop him being solid, right? Correct. Alright, so him being invisible doesn't really aid in him passing they were back to us. We need to hurry. I think the those guards are on their way back to us.
2: I want to pull I want to like prop myself up. I want to pull my legs in through the opening to where I'm like in the in the cell at this okay. point. Um, that way I can turn around and and sort of hand them Okay. Or while I'm in the cell. The
1: archway that you were in, mm-hmm. that you've now destroyed, mm-hmm. if you crawl all the way in, it's going to crumble down behind you.
2: But there's such a large hole that there will still be opening for me to probably pass him through, correct?
0: No, what he's saying is, so you are the only thing supporting the arch at the moment. If you crawl in, it's going to collapse.
2: I don't see how you're going to get him out with me in the
1: way. If you draw your knees up to your chest and push, I'm going to drop the DC to 18. So okay. you're basically getting your strength under you, and then you can use that to okay. push. All right, I'll do
2: that. I'll do that.
3: I have a question about how this spell works, because I'm thinking about using a spell. What spell? Um, it says each uh, the 15-foot cube originating from you. What does that mean? What is the spell? Oh.
1: <laughs> Thunderwave? Thunder Okay. Okay. <laughs>
3: originating from you in what way? Like, am I in the middle of it? Am I this way? Is it all around me 15 feet?
1: Imagine that you're holding the corner of a giant cube. It would be the cube starts in your hand and then goes out in 15 feet in all directions. Okay. There's plenty of room here for you to do that.
3: Without hurting them because that's what I'm trying to, to do.
1: Basically, if you can aim it above with the intent of blowing stuff out. Yeah. Exploding. I want Exploding. Yeah, yeah.
3: Push push stuff away from us to kind of free up the weight for Bash.
1: Okay. Let's do it.
3: Okay. Farron's going to run up now knowing that Bash is still there, but she just can't see him. She runs up on top of him and then aiming at the building uses Thunder Wave. Okay. My goal is to push the, the weight of that wall away from Bash so that he can pull himself up.
1: That's a great idea. In fact, go ahead and take inspiration. Woohoo! All right. What do I need to know?
3: So you're going to have to do something creative here because uh-huh. it just says I'm not aiming at a creature.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, casting a, an area of effect spell against a building. I'm basically going to freewheel this and I'm going to roll, basically, because the building has been damaged so much from Wamberbash wiggling around in there, uh, I'm going to roll D d100. And on a 25, well, you tell me, uh, do you want it to be, the building will stay together on a roll of 76 to 100, or 1 to 25? Hmm.
3: This is too difficult because if it fails, it's my fault. Okay. <laughs> just pick one.
1: I'll do it. So on a zero, on a one through 25, the building will hold together anything else and the building will blow apart. 100. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> completely destroys the building.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> turns to dust and goes, Poof, and blows away in the Guys, mind. it's
3: just decimated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's only 10%. <laughs>
1: Describe yourself casting this spell what, in
3: what way? What do like, you look
1: like? Uh, you know what what, what is happened? the effect? what yeah, just describe the spell, how you prepare yourself to cast it all that good stuff.
0: Oh my gosh, I hate doing this, you guys. Help her out. Well, I was imagining so this is like dire circumstance, one of the most we've come up against since you've been with the party, and I, like instincts just take over. You, we got you got townspeople coming in. You got the guard coming around, and and it's like a fury almost. We can't do anything else. The time's running out, and she just.
2: Yeah, I, I I envision you sort of like angling up, like mm-hmm. at an angle away yeah. from you, sort of up to kind of like push up and out. Yeah, is what I thought, and and what I see it is like. It looks like a cone, although we know it's a cube, but the corner of the cube and it looks like little reverberations of air. Mm -hmm. Like like you it's visible. You could see because of the dust, it like goes like like ripples ripples. and it's
3: just and it
1: it I'm doing the special effects with my mouth. Yeah, I
3: like that that's how it looks like. Um, Okay.
1: And before that happens, a wind whips through the alleyway and so your robe is, you know, like wrapping around you. Do you have a robe? Or whatever you're wearing. Yeah, and your your hair. your hair is like this. Yeah, your hair just goes.
3: <laughs> My braids came out. Hey, <laughs> uh,
2: where's your where's your stone again? In, inside her bag or something in your pocket? It's
1: well. Did you did you ever put it back in orbit? I don't think. So. Uh, I think you did. Do, I, think I think you, think you did.
3: She's had
0: a yeah. stone orbiting around her head. Why didn't the people in town be like, "What is wrong with you"? That
3: is true. That's true. What happened? when we were in the forest with those folks that um, were whistling? I. I know I released it then. Mm-hmm. Then we went into the cave. Yep. Or the volcano thing. I don't think I stowed it. Why would I stow it? And then we just ended up here.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, let's just say that it's still in orbit, and that's a DM oversight.
2: <laughs> and I, I was I was gonna say like it uh, the, the color intensifies while okay. she does it.
1: The yellow emanating from is merges and tinges with the intensified purple of your stone circling around your head. There is a boom that shoots left and right down the alleyway and blasts a hole into the side of the building. For a moment, you see the startled faces of the guards as they were running up the stairs to head out the front door and swing around the alley. And then they go shooting off twister style (laughs) into the distance
0: (laughs) we are really not doing much to help the opinion of this (laughs) this village of magic
1: meanwhile longer you were starting to yell with just the sheer effort of holding the weight of this building and suddenly it's gone nice the
0: weight and the building (laughs)
3: i do want to say and you don't have to keep this in necessarily but i do want to say that Farron. Was concerned and was thinking of doing something like this if necessary, but she didn't want to because she didn't know who else was inside the building.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: she doesn't want to hurt like innocent people. Yeah. So this yeah. was a, definitely a last ditch attempt.
1: Okay. There is a long silence. The building has basically had the entire middle section of it just carved out and blown straight backward. To the left, where the main square is, and the crowd had started to shift to come down the alley. There's now a respectful distance, and a quiet group of people staring at you with wide eyes. Womberbash, you are free.
2: I'm gonna like put my legs down. Well, I already sort of draw drew them up, but I'm gonna like stand up, and I'm gonna use both hands now with Deor, and I'm gonna push forward, and like I've turned around, and I'm gonna lay him down, sort of on the ground, and I'm gonna put my hands down and kind of step up to get up out of there. Yep. Um, And get stand up there, and um, I am going to stop there.
1: It's an odd sight because you're still invisible, but the rubble, the dust, and everything has coated your shoulders and the top of your head, so you can see where he is. Kind of an outline, yeah. And then, of course, there's the yellow glow around him too that fills the alley.
2: I think at that point, I will shrink down. I will uh, uh, release the effect of giant, and I'm going to put my clothes back on. Okay. Am
1: I still invisible? You're still invisible for now.
2: Okay. So that's going to look even weirder because now um, I- I'm sure like because of the dust, you see like my hair a little bit, obviously, yes, and exactly. like a, sort of an outline. I'm going to put my, my clothes on so I'm not naked. And uh, and now you see like I have clothes on over this like sort I
3: of I thought that body. whatever you had on was also affected.
1: When he takes on giant form, his clothes do not come with him.
3: Right, right, so, right, right. So
1: he, he went to giant form and the clothes came off and then he went invisible. If he were still wearing the clothes, they would be invisible yeah. too but because they came off when he took giant oh, you see what I'm Oh, he's
3: putting them on yeah. afterward. Yeah. The exactly. Yep. Yep. Okay,
0: I, I see.
1: From the other end of the alleyway, you hear a... Psst. And there's Gizela's head peering out. She's beckoning to you urgently. Goodness. Okay. All
0: right, I'm going to scoop up Daor.
2: Okay, so you're going to do a like, fireman's carry style? or I guess. Okay.
1: There's almost no weight to him, but as you pick him up, Tira, you scoop underneath him to, to lift him from the ground. His eyes snap open. And he looks at you fixedly blinking once or twice to clear them of sleep then he smiles warmly and stretches a little bit in your arms he cranes his neck forward and the light filtering through all the dust and the added light from the stone and from lumber Bash play across his face he looks at you with his crystal blue eyes and says can we play now i've been a good boy i've eaten all my food i don't know who you are but i promise i'll behave
0: Deior, it's me. It's Tira. We're getting you out of here. Just don't, don't move. Let's go.
1: Gisela waves at you again. Come, come, come. All right. So I'm gonna run
2: over to her. Um, I, I, I want to bring up the rear, though. I kind of want to let these two go first.
1: Okay.
3: I'm first. Mm-hmm.
1: The villagers are showing no desire to chase after you uh, after that display. <laughs>
0: <That's> so bad. <laughs>
1: And you follow Gisela. She winds through some little back areas. As you are leaving the vicinity of the village, Wambarbash, there's a, a warmth that creeps again from your toes up to your head, and gradually you regain your visibility again, and the light around you also fades. And then you find yourself back out in the countryside. She takes you over to where the horse pasture is. And as you approach, one of the horses looks at you, Wambarbash and says, It's about time.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't this know to, again. I don't know. It was
3: so awkward the first yeah. <laughs> time.
2: Okay, I, I am going to reach into my bag and take another five gold pieces, and I'm going to give it to Gizela, right? Yeah. Um, I know she she may not understand what I want to say. This is for the village. I'm really sorry. What happened? Fix um, your building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go, um, and then after I hear the horse speak, it's like, did you hear him? Did you hear that horse? It just spoke to me again.
0: The horse did not speak it said, Bash. it
2: said it's about he said it's about time. It's about time? What is wrong with you? I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, ask it what it means. About
3: time for what? I'm saying this because about time Karen for is what? desperate <laughs> for like, yeah. cause I mean, we just made a real ruckus in the town, and I don't know what to do at this point. Like my character. And Catherine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on, I've been wanting to stretch my legs.
2: I I think these horses want us to to use them to to ride them. Can you c- come over here? Trots over.
1: What? Nuzzles up against you.
2: Uh, How are you doing that? Bareback, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna run over to to uh, Tira and try to pick up Deor and like hoist him over like the back, and I'm going to uh, put my hands together down and to hoist uh, Tira up on the back of the horse. Okay.
1: This is where your animal handling will come in.
0: Yay, uh, animal handling, yeah. (laughs) Roll. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He would make me roll. No, no. You uh
1: you I'm just going to securely
0: grab and, you know, expertly wind my hands through the the hairs of the mane, I suppose, because there's nothing else to grab onto. And
1: you find that this suits you quite well. You feel as though this is something you should have been doing for a long time.
0: He, is he the only horse or are there others
1: there are others There, okay. there's <laughs> enough for each of you okay ho-
2: Farron, <laughs> <over>. <laughs>
3: so is Bash already on a horse as well
1: no 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 I'm I'm, I'm yeah, like he, this
3: he me up. trying to hoist
2: her up oh okay. yeah.
0: okay. I'm on I'm
3: on okay okay yes okay so so that- Far- Farron grabs on to the mane of one of the other horses and pulls herself over hoists Ow. herself <laughs> over
1: Yeah. <laughs> the horse kicks you. <laughs> You're She's dead. She's very
3: light on her feet. <laughs> Tira says, well, that's she, not how you do it. She mounts the horse
1: uh-huh. expertly uh-huh.
3: as well. Yeah. She you know horses.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Besh pulls one of them over and g- gets on the the fence a little bit uh-huh. to sort of like put his leg over and hop on or whatever. Gotcha.
0: I prefer to say that Dior is in front of me. Yes. On the horse instead of on the okay. horse's rump, because otherwise he's going to go boom, 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 yeah. and
1: fall
0: off. <laughs> You'll be riding
2: off and we'll lose him. It's like, what do we do all
1: that yeah. for? Yeah. Where is he?
0: Yeah. He's invisible.
3: We just think so he's I, invisible. always
0: really gone. I'm imagining that, you know, Tyr is astride the horse with a hand wrapped in the horse's mane deor is sitting with his legs to one side and his head over here so that i have his i'm cradling him with my right arm up against my shoulder to hold him on and his legs are going off the, like side saddle off the horse to my left
1: okay in good in front of me you ride through the gateway gizela has opened the gate for you and as you leave <laughs> she giggles and then says something to you it's as she waves you can tell it's words of farewell and the horses begin to trot off to the south and to the east. Where are we going, by the way?
0: Oh my goodness, it's, the horse just took off?
1: The horses just took off.
0: Like they know where they're going.
1: Yep, and they're moving at a pretty good clip.
0: Well, I don't know, Bash, why don't you just ask them where yeah,
2: we're yeah, going? Yeah,
1: really. I, I lean forward and say, uh, excuse me, where are we going? We're being
2: drawn. The horses are saying that they're being pulled somewhere.
0: And they don't know where?
2: Apparently not. <laughs>
0: All right, Tira's gonna look down at Dior's face. Is he still appear conscious?
1: He seems to have lapsed into unconsciousness. You also notice that the stone that he had worn the last time when he was in this form is no longer around his neck. As our heroes escape, Oh no! <coughs> making their way south and east, we pull up and away, mm-hmm. rising into the icy rain. Fringes of cloud wrap around us, and we lose all sense of direction as we're whisked sideways. At length, the clouds melt away, and we find ourselves streaking westward over mid-morning lands. Off to the right is the grey water of the northern sea, but even its sullen waters look friendly, with the touch of sunlight sparkling on the white breakers that roll in toward the shores of Vondheid. And then, after about an hour... There's a hint of the familiar as we begin to descend to the trampled grass of the Sea of Grass. This is a place that Farron would be very familiar with. In many places, the signs of battle are still immediately evident. Turned mud still shows through torn patches of grass, and there's a heavy red tinge to much of the area. But already, life is returning as the grass straightens. Around the edges of the battlefield, dark mounds of earth mark the places where the Witani dead have been placed in honorable repose, while a faint stench of char and the occasional sunken area shows where the enemy dead were burned and buried as quickly as possible, left to be forgotten. Somewhere nearby, a small group of Witani laborers work to finish the last of the mounds. The distant sound of crunching earth beneath their shovels comes to us over the flatland. We stand momentarily, trying to take in the scope of the ruin to feel the greatness of the loss and of the victory when there comes a faraway sound. It's a leathery, flapping sound. And the creak of tendon and bone, as wind, whistles over the great surface area of wide wings. A small figure appears in the sky, giant bat wings spread wide to take advantage of the favorable winds. When suddenly the wings fold and it drops swiftly toward the ground, at the last moment... The wings unfurl once more, scooping the warm currents to come to a gentle landing, and a few last steps to compensate for coming to such a quick end. There, in the midst of the place where the carnage was at its greatest so short a time ago, stands Rebek. Although the breeze plays warmly across the sea of grass and the sun is bright, his face is impassive. His eyes are a watery color and the skin of his face has split in places to reveal bone and sinew beneath the leathered skin. His jaw hangs the tiniest bit askew. Since we last saw him, Rebek managed somehow to find some robes. They were once fine, and in dimmer light would look magnificent still, but the clarity of daylight shows that they are somewhat faded and moth-eaten. Still he cuts an impressive figure and seems to tower. Curiously, he seems to cast no shadow on the sun-drenched plain. He gazes one way, and then another, taking in the scene. His arrival has interrupted the work of the Witani laborers who have plunged their rude shovels into the dark earth and are leaning on the handles to stare at the apparition. Rebek sniffs once. Twice. A harsh sound that seems to accentuate the fact that he isn't actually breathing. Then, with a creak, He heads for this nearest mound where the workers stand. They begin to feel uneasy, and low murmurs come to our ears. As Rebek approaches, he speaks in a papery voice that comes to us easily. He must pay, you see. And this is where I begin. His desiccated arms rise, the robes slide back, and there is a green flash. The workers collapse, thudding to the earth. Rebeck's thin lips peel back from his teeth and he turns to face the mound contemplatively. He plunges his hands into the side, and a sickening wave of energy rolls off of him, leaving us reeling. There's a grinding sound, and the side of the mound splits open. For a long while, nothing happens, but then there's a trickle of dirt and the limbs of the fallen begin to jerk and twitch as some vague approximation of life flows into them the fallen warriors laid inside begin to squirm and rise, and in short order, a shambling company of dead, growing by the moment, is marching from mound to mound. The recently killed Witani are among their number. Their steps are less heavy, their movements more sure in the freshness of their death. Within the space of an hour, all the mounds have been split open, and an eerily silent army of fallen warriors stands assembled on the battlefield. Their eyes stare unseeingly, following their new master's path as he makes his way to a final, smaller mound that stands in a place of honor. (gasps) Rebek steps forward but pauses as the invisible veil of Vasham pushes against his undeath, works to repel him like the wrong end of a magnet. He folds his spotted hands in front of himself in silent thought, kneels quietly at a short distance, and his ghastly smile appears once more. This one is too powerful to leave here. I must have him. Mm -hmm. I have not suffered what I have to fall short. My essence is safe elsewhere, so why should I not try? His head rolls back. An even stronger wave of energy blasts outward, and the sound of cracking stone splinters the air. With a gasp, the mound's rounded surface sinks inward, and a hand clad in scale mail thrusts forth followed by another Peter's body rises and stands once more under its own power a small tear in the armor shows the blackened edges of an angry dagger wound he sways momentarily straightens and says death <laughs> And that's where we're going to end our episode and we're going to end our season oh. no, 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 <laughs> no 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 no
2: I did not see that <laughs> no
3: don't worry. Oh. Farron, is, this is off screen, but Farron just shoots an arrow and kills Reba. <laughs> <laughs> all the army drops, and then Peter's back to life on it with his own mind, <laughs> and we're all
1: good.
3: grave.
0: Why would you do that?
3: From, from another country
1: away. You saw that? Yes. Yeah, That's nuts. That is Why nuts.
0: Why would you do- yeah,
3: that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. Imagine
2: if we have to actually fight Peter.
3: <gasps> I know, right?
2: Womber isn't going to be able to do it. With,
3: would he have his powers or would he just be like He's going to have control? new dark powers. We, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> but he,
2: oh, I'm telling you right now, Womber will not be able to do anything. To fight
3: Peter, you Well, not to, be able to mention, these are like Watani people too that are now like I know, so zombies. now you, you got zombie Watani coming at like you. Like i got to fight my best Man. friend growing up and John. Yeah.
1: I wanted to have something good to end the season on, and that was not it, apparently. <laughs> Take, no, that's
2: good. That's a, that's, a, yeah. that's a good
1: cliffhanger. Take five experience points each, oh. except for Catherine.
2: What? <laughs> 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 Uh-oh, level 11. Yeah.
1: For the rescue and for the working together to overcome difficult circumstances. Good job working together. And let's go ahead and have a Norse battle.
2: So obviously, I think Catherine blasting off the building off of us really helped out tremendously. Yeah. Uh, I know we got in game play for that, but I think, wait a minute, she already got inspiration. For you that. got inspiration. She did you get
1: inspiration for it. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very clever. Yeah, and a great way to use that spell.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, Bash's idea to just go giant. Hmm. That could have gone horribly awry. Yeah.
1: Why don't you take inspiration for that too? He already have he has one. it. Okay, we can convert that. So take three experience points.
0: We already awarded Gisela five gold pieces. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's got what she needs. That's funny.
2: Well, hopefully she gives... I didn't give it to her. Hopefully she gives it to the villagers. <laughs> she pockets it
0: she's like... It and
2: she's <laughs> like hey, <laughs> hey, that's
0: why she giggled.
3: See that's why she
0: that's my, that's my tip for <laughs> getting like, yeah. you out of here. Thanks, mister. Uh,
2: Actually, they made out uh, because her dad got two gold pieces. Mm-hmm. And she's got five... They're, they're like, high look, the come back and destroy the other place. <laughs> and then, uh, give us another five or seven gold pieces. Come yeah, yeah.
3: back, they're running the town.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> what those, else did you do? Those dudes in the building were just like,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? The? <laughs> just like, let's just get out of the building. <laughs> oh, uh, for him talking to the horses. But then it was actually Farron who suggested, "Hey, ask him what yeah. we're doing."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you each take one? And I think let's go ahead and uh, do a recap, if you would. Let's see. Three Shut at
0: you. Tira is 21 points into level 11.
1: Womberbash
2: is 41 points into level 11. Hmm.
0: Farron is four points into
3: level 11. Yay! What? Hey, so you know what
1: that means. Coming up next is a level up episode with Farron. woo We'll take care of that here momentarily. And I also want to take a moment to do like an end of season recap, just talk about the various things that happened and your thoughts, and we'll go from there. But we'll do that informally in a special episode that will come out in a week from now. So thank you, Stackers. Thanks for working with us through a very challenging season in many ways. We were delayed in starting because of COVID, and then... Uh, we had a lot of filler content, so we only have, I think, a total of 25 actual play episodes in this season, as opposed to our first season where we had 52. Woo! So obviously that slowed us up quite a bit and, uh, you know, changes and all that good stuff in life. But I think, you know, it's been meaningful to me. I've had fun and hopefully the players, have I'm getting some nods, so the players are having fun except for Catherine, who is not nodding. And then, uh. We, we are hearing some <laughs> feedback from players or from listeners, and uh, they're liking the story so far. So we'd love to hear from you. Keep listening. Keep telling your friends about the show. And again, we'll keep you informed about the New Jersey Web Festival and anything to do with that. Until you hear from us again, we wish you a good summer ahead. We'll have some special content coming up. And as always, you are welcome at our table right here at Stack of Dice. I don't and, uh, have many, si-
2: I, I really needed a long rest.
0: Yeah, we better hope we are not going to battle in this episode. Of
3: course we are. But you know, um, <laughs> we all did hear you say, oh, by the way, I, I took a long rest. So that was still on the recording.
1: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> it's on
0: record. So
3: now it's
2: canon. It's canon,
0: it's on record.
1: That he said, I take a long rest. <laughs> that is absolutely on the record. <laughs> I'm Rhett the DM and with me is
0: Merid- <clears throat> Meredith as Tira Ironstein. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at you, cat. <laughs> Sorry. You're like Mer- Meredith Meredith. <laughs> don't even understand
3: <laughs> what the